It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go on a Wednesday afternoon. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Lindsey Brown on the other side of the glass as we talk Silver Knights hockey and get set for what will be a uh, an interesting back-to-back for the Silver Knights this weekend against the Bakersfield Condors. Silver Knights will be in Bakersfield on Friday night for a 7 o'clock puck drop. They'll uh, hop on the bus, head back to Henderson, and be ready for another 7 p.m. puck drop the following night on Saturday at the DLC. Uh, Silver Knights with a little bit of home hockey. Again, the Bakersfield uh, trip is not the most uh, challenging one that the Silver Knights encounter, but the home-and-home with Bakersfield and then a Tuesday night game against the San Diego Gulls at home, and then they go for their first real extended road challenge of the season uh, the following week. Uh, They have had a a quick two-game stint in San Jose. They have had an up-and-down against the Ontario Reign, but uh, the the first real, uh, the the first road trip where the road travel becomes a factor uh, upcoming in the middle of November with a trip to Abbotsford that will send the team from Abbotsford directly to Tucson uh, for a four-game stretch. So the, the Silver Knights schedule about to start picking up a little bit. And all the more important that they've gotten back in the win column after a big outing against the Colorado Eagles on Saturday, a 4-2 victory that snapped a five-game losing streak. Silver Knights back in the win column. Now can they, you know, snowball that a little bit? Can they they gain some momentum off of that and now start stringing some strong performances together? So we're going to recap the weekend against Colorado. We're going to catch up with defenseman Zach Hayes in our second segment. He had a little bit of a Nevada Day fun on horseback with Brayden Pahal last week. We'll touch on that, as well as uh, one of his fun off-the-ice projects. Last week we spoke with Byron Fraze and got to know what uh, makes him tick a little bit, but he talked to us a little bit about his, ho- well, again, I, I won't call it a hobby because that seems like it's underselling it, but his uh, side professional interest in real estate. Well, Zach Hayes has uh, ventured outside the, the blue line uh, over the course of the last summer as well. Uh, with a bit of a, a lifestyle brand, if you will. We'll let him tell you more about himself. So that'll be Zach Hayes in the next segment. And then to wrap up the show uh, in the latter third of the hour, we'll have Cristiano Simonetta, the voice of the ECHL Savannah Ghost Pirates, the ECHL affiliate of the Golden and Silver Knights. And they're off to a great start in Savannah under head coach Rick Bennett. They won their first four games of the season and a lot of familiar AHL contracted names, players that were in training camp with the Silver Knights, making an immediate impact for Savannah. So we'll catch up with Cristiano Simonetta as well. Henderson Silver Knights with the 4-2 victory uh, over the court, uh, on Saturday against the Colorado Eagles. You know, it was certainly the culmination of a lot of positives for the Silver Knights that just weren't being rewarded over the course of the first two weeks of the season. And we've talked about that pretty thoroughly, but... You know, coming into the game, they lost five in a row, but they had outshot their opponent in four of those five. They had played well, um, but not really necessarily asserted themselves in those games the way that uh, head coach Manny Viveros would want to, to leave no doubt. But Saturday, they did do that, and offensively, the player leading the charge is a player who has kind of led the charge for the course of the first couple of weeks of the season. That was Sheldon Rempel and his two-goal performance. Uh, well, the, the end of that, the cap of that, sounded a lot like this. Face-off win, Quinny dropped it back, wrist shot score! Right off the face-off win, it's Sheldon Rempel with a rising wrister. Rempel has his second of the night, and the Silver Knights have a 3-1 lead. 
And that would eventually be a 4-2 final, but uh, Sheldon Rempel right off the face-off win, able to cut behind Gage Quinney and let a wrist shot go. And, you know, it's been really, really impressive to see Sheldon Rempel, his release uh, in the offensive zone. And something that I think is so interesting, we're going to get more context on this this week, or at least I you know, plan to in our, our pregame discussions with head coach Manny Viveros. But when you look at the way the Silver Knights have their two power play units, the first unit, or well, I guess you said the second unit, rather, it would have a, a more traditional setup with uh, Brendan Brisson, a trigger man on the right face-off dot. He's ready for the one-timer, and that connected on Saturday. Brendan Brisson getting his second goal of the season, uh, and the Silver Knights getting their first multi- multiple power play goal outing from their man Vandridge. which looked like it's starting to find its stride a little bit. But that second unit with Brendan Brisson on the right circle, that's kind of your more traditional setup what you see from power plays uh, these days not automatic of course every team has different wrinkles but having someone set up the way the uh, Capitals set up Ovechkin or the Lightning set up Stamkos or the Rangers set up Zibanejad that one-time trigger man from the uh, the off wing you're used to seeing that or at least having that option somewhere on the power play but for the Silver Knights first unit they have Gage Quinney, a left-handed shooter, operating on the left circle. They had Sheldon Rempel on the right circle, a right-handed shooter. Neither one of them set up for that one-timer, and yet we've seen tremendous looks because of Sheldon Rempel having a bit of a quick snap and release, and there's some commentary on this. If you go on to HendersonSilverKnights.com, uh, our digital content coordinator, Kiki Downey, had an article that she put out this afternoon. should be posted to the Silver Knights website, but you, there's a little bit of, uh, of commentary from Manny Viveros on Sheldon Rempel's release, how quickly he gets it off. And because he's doing it on his strong wing, which almost you know forces him to, to skate behind the puck, to corral it, get momentum going towards the net, and then change the angle of his stick to get around that first shot blocker. It's subtle and it's discreet, but it's something he's done very well that rather than just requiring him to just blast away from the offside one-timer, and not that one-timers don't have purposeful direction, but sometimes you're a little bit at the mercy of what the path in front of you looks like. The way that Rempel and Quinney have been able to get the the Royal Road pass, that east-west pass from dot to dot to one another on the power play, if they can get it across, it changes the uh, the, the weight of the ice, it changes the, the path to the net front from left to right or right to left, and allows this, the receiver, the recipient to, to kind of corral it, get their weight behind it, pick their spot, and let it go. And Sheldon Rempel has already scored two goals this season from that right face-off dot spot on that uh, that power play look. So that's a, a little bit different, not really relying on, on the one-timer or funneling to that one-time side. Uh, that power play unit has had two trigger men from either dot on their strong side, uh, and it's actually been a challenge for teams to, to cover it to keep those shots from getting through. Sheldon Rempel already has three games this season where he's had seven shots on goal. If memory serves, I think the Silver Knights had one, maybe two, games last season in which a player had seven shots on goal. Paul Cotter, I think, was the player who had it. But it's it's a, a shoot-first mentality for Rempel, and it's him being in a position when he receives the puck that not only can he get it off, but he can get it off with purpose and direction to the net. So Sheldon Rempel has looked tremendous for the Silver Knights starting. And again, last year, Rempel was eighth in the league with 69 points in 55 games for the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, eighth in the league and sixth in goal scoring with 33. Uh, it was a matter of, okay, well, he's going to be in a new setting now. How is he going to be able to pick up where he left off? He has. He has seven points in his last seven games and is only warming up. And this is for a Silver Knights team that has struggled a little bit to score goals in the early going. If things loosen up for the team as a whole, they're going to 
create even more opportunities for Rempel, and that's going to be very good news for the Silver Knights. Now, looking at the Saturday performance as a whole, and again, for the Silver Knights, finally getting off the schneid, finally getting back in the win column to improve their record to 2-6. and six. They have some work to do now. There's a little bit of a hole to dig out of. There's plenty of time to do it, but there is uh, a need for the Silver Knights now to, to get on a little bit of a roll, start stringing some wins together, uh, and with every game this season for the Silver Knights, every single game is in the division. So every game is a four-point game. If you win, you're picking up extra ground on whoever you beat. If you lose, the, the, the hole is kind of doubled. So for the Silver Knights, very important that they start stringing together some wins and start you know evening out the record a little bit. They don't have to get back to 500 overnight. Of course, they can't. But they can certainly start uh, trending in the right direction where not only do the numbers start to balance out, but, of course, they'll feel better about themselves for having done so. But after Saturday's game, Maeve Ivero spoke to the media and, and spoke a little bit about how you know his team, having done the right things, uh, started to see the benefits of those right moves, right decisions, right attitudes towards the game. And here's what Manny Viveros had to say. You know what? I don't know if we made a whole lot of changes. Uh, we were just a, little, a lot more conscientious of what we needed to do. Um, as far as we had some, you know, some of the same looks as we did yesterday, but we just executed tonight, and that was what we wanted to concentrate uh, tonight. You know, we wanted to finish tonight, and uh, it was a big part of our game. Um, you know, obviously we scored two goals on it, and uh, you know, it, it was a, you know a major reason why we won the game tonight. And, and good, really good for the guys on the power play because. They've been feeling it. They've been gripping their sticks a little bit tighter, you know, in, in those situations, and that's something that uh, I'm glad they got rewarded tonight. Well, we wanted to, you know, try to give relieve the pressure from our defense. Uh, they're pretty quick. They come at you, uh, you know, with their forecheck. Those guys get on you real fast. So we wanted to get the puck out of our defenseman's hands as quick as possible and out of our zone. If we felt we could do that, spend less time in our zone, you know, we're going to get a better opportunity to spend time in their zone here. So that was. A conscientious effort. Once we had full possession, we wanted to get out of the zone as quick as possible. And that was head coach Manny Viveros after the 4-2 win over Colorado on Saturday. There were two things that really jumped out to me. And one of the great things about, uh, well, you know, how regularly we get to, to hear from uh, Manny, when he, whether it be post-game, of course, but even throughout the week of practice, you know, he's constantly telling us bluntly what the team needs to do. There isn't a lot of, uh, you know, cliché. There isn't a lot of, of PR answers. Like, he'll say, no, no, the, you know, I thought we did this well. I think this needs to be better. But, but the way he does it, it allows you to recognize it as it unfolds. So a couple of things he said in, in those remarks there and that, that, uh, that you, you've kind of been waiting to see to come to fruition. He said in that remark, you know, he felt good for the power play. He was happy for the power play that they got uh, rewarded. Again, that's my, my wording, but that... You know, it finally happened for them because they'd been squeezing their sticks a little. They were starting to feel it. They were starting to get a little frustrated. The Silver Knights going into the game on Saturday had three power play goals this season through the first seven games, and one of those power play goals was a power play goal, uh, technically speaking, because it was the penalty shot goal for Pavel Dorofiev that took place during a power play, and that's what made it a power play goal. So, yeah, it's a power play goal, but it's not, you know, your uh, your power play unit's efforts executing to come to fruition, if that makes sense. So he said, you know, they were starting to feel it a little bit. I think it was very obvious, and not just for the sake of the power play, but for the sake of the Silver Knights as a whole, the group in general. You can get to a point when you're having frustration, when you're having struggles, when things just aren't going your way, where, all right, well, first it's puck luck. First it's, uh, you know, we're just not getting the bounces. Then it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. Then it becomes you making bad decisions, trying to force things, and then creating bad habits. And then after a while, it's just bad. And you don't want to reach that point. Frustration is bad, but frustration is, is solvable. You don't want to go beyond that point. 
And when Brendan Brisson scored the power play goal that made it uh, a 2-1 Silver Knights lead, you saw a celebration out of him that looked not just uh, joy. I saw relief. Probably a little bit of relief for him personally to, to score a goal. He, it was his second goal of the season, but his first goal of the season was kind of a, a bit of a, a pinball flutterer with one second left in the game against Bakersfield a, a couple of weeks ago. You know, it was it counts on the sheet, but it wasn't one that would make him feel like, okay, we you know we're off and running. This was one that was, you know, your patented Brendan Brisson one-timer, and when it hit the back of the net, you could just see him be like, yes, there we go, finally. And again, not just for him. But for the team as a whole, like we're doing the right things, we're connecting, and we're winning a hockey game because of it. This is the way it's supposed to be. So I think I saw that. And I think with the win on Saturday for everyone in the Silver Knights locker room, relief. Not just relief to get a win, but relief for, okay, we're not crazy. We're doing the right things. We're playing well. That's supposed to lead to victories. And it did. And it's important, again, that that turns into more. But for the Silver Knights, very, very important to check that box, get a win, and say, all right, we're we're doing things right, and we're getting the right results because of it. The second item goes one step further, and it kind of alludes to what Manny Vivero said in San Jose last week. When the Silver Knights lost uh, the 3-2 game, uh, the, the second game of that Barracuda weekend, they lost 4-0 the night before, and they got, they got it taken to them. They, they, the San Jose was the better team, more energy, more spark. They won, and the Silver Knights just didn't have much of an answer. The following night, the Silver Knights... Uh, played very, very well. I think they had 37 shots on goal, somewhere thereabouts, and A2 McAniemi for the Barracuda in that was fantastic. But Vivero said, okay, we're doing the right things. We're playing well. We're playing good hockey. Uh, but it wasn't just a matter of, you know, eventually the bounces will go our way. He said, I want to see some pushback from us. And he said, it's not just a physical pushback. It's not just a matter of going out there and throwing the body around but assert ourselves in the game. Take control of a hockey game. It's not enough just to play well. Sometimes you need to convincingly leave no doubt against your opponent. And for the Silver Knights, you know, part of it was finishing, trying to find a few more goals, and that's something that they're still working through. But part of it was, you know, we're just not going to take it anymore. And, and Jonas Rombjörg said that on Monday when I said, what was the change for you guys? And he says, I think we were just tired of it. We were just tired of not getting our way. And when you looked at the Silver Knights on Saturday, four and a half minutes in, they're trailing, and they're trailing after a, 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 a shift where the Eagles dominated. The puck was in the zone for two and a half minutes. Brad Hunt eventually scores to put Colorado up, but it was a it looked like a five-on-three when it was a five-on-five, just buzzing in the Silver Knights zone. And there's a party that says, oh, boy, here we go again. This is going to be another one of those nights. I don't think the Silver Knights gave up another shot for the next 15 minutes after that. The Silver Knights had 18 shots in the first period. They overloaded on Colorado after that. Whatever switch was flipped, again, Jonas Romberg says, I think we were just tired of it. I think we'd had enough. Um, boy, did it look like that. And the Silver Knights dominated the game on sun, on Saturday. Again, they win 4-2 with an empty netter. Over time, when they find a little bit more finish and, and guys, you know, confidence goes up a little bit, that's a game where you might want even a little bit more of a comfortable uh, margin just because you deserve it if you dominate a game to that extent. But the Silver Knights on Saturday completely controlled that game, and that was a change. That was a change from, okay, we're losing, but eventually we'll win. We just have to wait for it to arrive. No, you don't have to wait for it to arrive. Go get it. Make it happen. Force the issue, assert yourselves, take control of the game because the talent on the roster exists to do that. And on Saturday, we saw exactly that. We saw a Silver Knights team that would not be denied and that 
brought they set the tempo they set the pace at which that game was going to be played and that to me is a huge huge sign of good things to come for a silver knights team that was doing the right things and not finding two points finding ways to lose uh, we heard the phrase used on a couple of occasions to a team that not only found a way to win but forced the colorado eagles to play at their level they didn't just play well they set the tone and that's going to be huge for the Silver Knights going forward, especially in this back-to-back back against a Bakersfield team that has already defeated them this season. And a Bakersfield team that, despite the fact the roster looks a little bit different than the last couple of years, uh, still has the same DNA in them, which is that they are a tough team to play against, and they are a team that patiently waits for you to make your mistakes. If Bakersfield is going to sit back, then the Silver Knights are going to want to be all over them from the get-go. We'll hop out when we come back. We'll be joined by Silver Knights defenseman Zach Hayes, who talks to us about, well, the Nevada Day fun, the fun on the ice, and also some of his side work as well as, well, Zach Hayes is an interesting guy. He's working on a couple of things. We'll have that straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Who the hell are you? You know. You all know exactly who I am. Now. Say my name. Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. The top two women's hockey teams in the world will go head-to-head in Henderson this December. The U.S. and Canadian women's national teams will face off at the Dollar Loan Center on December 15th in the Rivalry Series continuing their never-ending battle for international ice hockey supremacy. Head online today to thedollarloancenter.com, thedollarloancenter.com, and get your tickets to see the best female players in the world and one of the sport's true great rivalries, U.S. and Canada, coming to the DLC on December 15th. Henderson Silver Knights with a back-to-back upcoming this weekend against the Bakersfield Condors. To help get us set for that and to talk about so much more, we have defenseman Zach Hayes on the line. Zach, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Zach, right off the top, uh, you know, you guys get a big win on Saturday against the Colorado Eagles, a game that you guys really seem to dominate from the, the five-minute mark of the first period onward. Uh, f- first off, is it a... What's the team reaction to, to finally getting back in the in the win column? Is it just joy, or is it maybe a little bit of relief as well? Um, yeah, you could say like it's a little bit of both. Um, it's really just putting in all that hard work and practices and making sure we're really focusing in on the details. Um, and having that having that win shows that uh, it's been working, and we just got to continue working on that throughout practice, getting ready for the weekend, um, and getting ready for this month coming up. I asked Jonas Romberg because, uh, you know, the, the first few minutes of that game was, was all Colorado, and then from that first few minutes onward, it was all Silver Knights. It was like someone had flipped a switch, and, and Jonas said, like, I think we just had enough, frankly. <laughs> what, what did turn the tide for you guys at that point in the game? Um, I definitely think after that, at that first goal uh, against, um, we didn't really have the best start or first two shifts, like you said. The first five minutes weren't great, um, and then that goal happened. And we're like at this point in the year, we were kind of used to playing from behind. So I think it almost was like a little bit of nerves, um, knowing that like gripping the stick too tight for the first little bit, and then after that first five minutes, I think we just realized like it's just a hockey game. At the same time, as it is like our livelihood, it's still it's just a hockey game, and no reason to be nervous. So I think that was really uh, kind of just the nerves went away, and we just played hockey. Manny Vivros has said through these first couple of weeks he is happy with the way you guys are playing and the results will come, but you guys have been doing a lot of things well. So to that 
points, you know, for, for you guys, your, your identity as a hockey team, what are the things you're doing well? What, what are the things that you guys do feel you're, you're really on top of in games uh, this early in the season? Um, I think for the most part, we're, we're really playing as a team. Um, we're still, there's always still a little, especially this early in the season, there's still a couple hitches with the systems and getting used, especially um, getting into the, used to the new uh, Vegas system. I think that uh, we're slowly working on that. But I definitely think, like, there's always stuff that we can improve on. Um, but just slowly chipping away at that. Um, and there's a long season, a lot of season left. Um, and just to really prepare for playoffs. So we got to get there first. We're with Silver Knights defenseman Zach Hayes. You mentioned the uh, the new systems that have trickled down from the VGK. We've, we've talked about that a little bit over the course of the first month. But I, I do wonder, um, when I ask forwards about the new system, they say they like it, they're comfortable in it, it's it's good. Then I t- ask defensemen about it, and defensemen always seem to have a stronger opinion and, and usually a positive one. Like they, they feel like it really fits their game better or it allows them to, to do more, think less, what, what have you. Is there a difference uh, in the benefits of the way you guys play hockey for maybe defensemen uh, as opposed to, to a, a winger? Does it, did, is there maybe more benefits for one position over another? Um. It's kind of hard to see if there's really a benefit over one position or the other because you're not playing those other positions. In the so it's kind of tough to put yourself, put yourself in, in their shoes. But I definitely – there's pros and cons to every every single system that you do. There's always uh, – there's no perfect system or else everyone would be doing it. Um, well, how does it, how does it suit uh, how does it suit you in your game? Yeah, I definitely think, like, it, it gives the D an opportunity to um, shut down pucks in the corners, be hard, be physical, um, and especially with our decor, we're able to be hard and physical and shut down plays. Um, I think, and that really benefits my game as well, just because of that's kind of the player that I am. Um, and like you said, you don't have to think too, too much. And you're not spending a lot of energy all the time running around chasing after a single guy. You're kind of just playing that zone and uh, really focusing on your job. We're talking to defensive Zach Hayes. I, I've asked a couple of players who have also said, you know what, it allows me when I want to jump into the play as a defenseman to, to do so uh, you know, responsibly. Now, you're a shutdown D-man in your own zone, I, of course, but you're always looking to add more tools to your toolkit. Uh, and the preseason, you had a two-goal game with Vegas. You came back and had a goal in preseason with the Silver Knights. Uh, are, are you finding that you have a little bit more, uh, a little more danger to your game when you're jumping in offensively? Oh, definitely. I think, um, like you said, with the system, it allows us to really get up in the play and be that fourth man up the ice, uh, leading more opportunities. I think something that we definitely can improve on as a decor over the next little bit here, we kind of strayed away from that, whether it's just because we are too much in our own zone or whatever that might be. I think, um, like going back to the system, it allows us to have the energy to uh, jump up in the play and maybe provide a little bit more offense instead of getting tired and bagged in the corners and then instantly having to go change. Now, preseason or not, you had a two-goal game in a National Hockey League game at T-Mobile Arena. That's got to rank you know, fairly high on, on cool hockey moments for you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's definitely, up, even though it is a preseason game, it's definitely up there for uh, one of the moments that I look back on in my career. Um, something that not everyone, everyone can say they've done. Um, but like I said, it's preseason. Hopefully, hopefully get the opportunity sometime to do that in a regular season or playoff National Hockey League game. Um, that's kind of the, would be the next step up from that. But it's still a cool experience.
Were you kind of surprised with yourself? Because not only did you score two goals, you did in, in one in the first half of the first period. Like it was just bang bang, and you had two. I think everyone got a kick out of that. Yeah, I definitely think it's just just getting pucks on net, shoot the puck. Um, uh, one of the biggest things that I remember just like from that is coming to the bench on like the first goal. Like everyone's excited, and I just see uh, Paul Cotter's face. He's like super pumped up for me. Like he is, we're pretty close. And then uh, the second one went in and. Paul is just losing his mind on the bench. And it's something that I, it's something that I really, uh, whenever whenever I think about that, I, I think about that moment, just looking back at the bench and see it, like trying to play it cool, but then seeing Paul's reaction, I just couldn't help myself but give it a little bit of a chuckle. Well, that's awesome. And I was sitting in the press box that night next to Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson looked at me and he's like, who's this guy? So it's definitely a good yeah, exclamation point game. I, I got a lot of texts like that after the game, so. Well, we're talking to Zach Hayes, and Zach, you made your NHL debut last spring. So, uh, again, as, as fun as the, the preseason game was, you know, you've got some NHL chops. And I wonder if the course of this off season, now, of course, early into this season, did you, uh, did you feel any different about yourself coming into this season now that you are a player who has played NHL games? If that were me, I would have a little bit more swagger, a little bit more confidence in, in, in a good way. Did, did you feel different about yourself as a hockey player approaching this season than maybe you did this time last year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, the confidence um, of just, you know, you've played, you've played where you want to get to um, and you know what you need to do to get there and that it's not really that far away. It's just, it's just the little things um, rounding out your game, uh, whether it's like a mental thing as well, like thinking the game just a little bit better. Um, it's just going into this season, you just have that confidence that like I, I played there. Uh, I know what I need to do. Um, not saying the American League's easy at all, but it it kind of helps you realize like what you need to do at the American League level to help you get to the NHL level. We're talking with Zach Hayes. Uh, Zach, last weekend uh, celebrating Nevada Day, the team wore Nevada Day jerseys, had some fun, but you and Braden Paul had a little bit more fun than that. Uh, a couple of days prior, you actually went out for the uh, the jersey video shoot on horseback in the desert. A little bit of an unusual context, but uh, it suited you well. Was that a fun outing? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I think it's got to be one of the best um, outings that we've done so far. Is like uh, just for a little promotional stuff. I really, I really enjoy that and and get a lot out of doing things like that. Just being able to get out, experience, especially like experience what Nevada has to offer. There's a lot of, a lot more to do than just uh, like just go to the strip and do all that with a lot, what a lot of people come to Las Vegas to do. But there's other things that you could do like like the horseback trips. Um, that was a really cool experience for me. And, uh, yeah, I got a lot out of that. That's great. Of course, Nevada has a pretty big rodeo footprint uh, at certain times of the year as well. The fact that, uh, and you wore the cowboy hat in that video, but you also wore the cowboy hat on the silver carpet, so you had it ready. Uh, is that just part of being a, a Calgary guy? Everyone from the Stampede State, uh, or, or province rather, has a, a cowboy hat in the closet, or are you just ready for a Brad Paisley concert at any moment? <laughs> uh, a little bit of both. Like my uh, my dad's side of the family and my mom's uh, side a little bit too. There's uh, a lot of cattle farmers and farmers um, with my aunts and uncles. So I kind of get a little bit of like enjoyment out of doing that stuff and helping them out as much as I can when I have the opportunities to. But then at the same time, got Calgary Stampede, so uh, you always have a little bit of 
little bit of cowboy attire in, in the background, but I do feel like that. I, I'm from the city. I've been born and raised in Calgary, but I still feel like that's uh, that's a little bit of part of me, and that's kind of where I I get my work ethic. I feel like from is um, knowing what people have to go through to just to make a living. And you're not so you're not a show pony then. I mean, you were on the uh, you were on that horse for glamour purposes, but if we needed you to ride something down or or herd cattle or something, you you can you can handle the business end of the horse as well. It sounds like. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see. I try. I try my best, but I might get kicked or or headbutted or something like that. I, I, I it's been a couple of years since I've been able to help out just with the hockey season and everything. But I, not saying I'm the best at it, but I do enjoy it when I'm able to. Well, you look the part, and and speaking of looking the part, the uh, the fashion end of the spectrum. We've had you on this show before, and you've talked about some of your uh, your your love of the outdoors. You're a hunter. You're a fisherman. You really enjoy. Uh, the outdoor sports and the outdoor life, so much so that you've actually transitioned it into uh, a business in a sense. You've gone, in, you've gotten into kind of a uh, like a lifestyle branding business in the off season. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I've started to realize is like you got to think a little bit after hockey as well. Um, try and set yourself up because hockey doesn't last forever, um, and you never know when that's when that's going to change. Um, so one of the things that I've really started to focus on is that and just being able to do stuff that I enjoy, um, which is hunting, fishing, and getting out in the outdoors. That's one of the big parts of me. Um, and so I made an Instagram account, and I had a company reach out, or through my agency, uh, reached out to a marketing company, and they're really helping me take off with this, where we're, we've got uh, some like merchandise, like clothes, um, hats, hoodies, and then as well as my Instagram channel where I post my hunting and fishing photos, friends hunting and fishing photos, people that just want to send stuff in just to help grow grow the outdoors um, and share what I love and enjoy. And then I also have a YouTube channel that I post some videos up every now and again when I, when I have time to record fishing or, or hunting um, content. That's all a lot of fun, Hazy. And, and the merchandise stuff, that, that's up and running or that's on the way? Yeah, that's all up and running. Um, it's at www.hazyoutdoors.com. Um, it's been up and running for a couple months now, um, but we are working on getting some more, some more logos up there and different options for shirt colors, hoodie colors, and hat colors right now. Um, just working through a little bit of that stuff, but should be up and running here pretty soon. Well, Zach, if you need to have merchandise out, that means you need to have models. So, I mean, I imagine you'll you'll go through the dressing room and find the right guys who can model your stuff. Who who are you thinking? I don't know. I haven't really <laughs> thought about that yet. Got to might give the boys a couple a couple things just so they can wear it around, throw a little bit of popularity to it. But uh, maybe I have a little modeling competition or something. I don't there know. you we'll go. See. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Usually I'm the one bugging you guys for photo shoots. This time it's going to have to be you, unfortunately, Hazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Zach, before we let you go, you do have uh, a home-and-home home coming up against the Bakersfield Condors this weekend. Those home-and-homes, uh, never easy for, for either team. You know, you're, you're both getting on the bus after the game on Friday night. But what do you guys have to do to be uh, prepared to put your both uh, your best foot forward in both? Um, I think we really just got to work, like continue to focus on what we're doing and not we still got to know what the other team's doing, um, but really focus on ourselves. Um, we know what we need to do to win, especially after the last game, getting behind early 
Um, we know what we have to do for 60 minutes to win the hockey game, and we just can't stray away from that. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things, just focusing on ourselves and play the way that we need to play to win. Well, we're looking forward to watching both this weekend, Zach. We appreciate your time. And just one more time before we let you go, give us the uh, that web address one more time for your uh, for Hazy Outdoors. Yeah, so it's www.hazyoutdoors.com, so H-A-Y-Z outdoors.com. We'll be logging on, and we'll be following all your outdoors uh, media materials as well. Zach Hayes, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. That is Silver Knights defenseman Zach Hayes. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll have the voice of the Savannah Ghost Pirates, Cristiano Simonetta, to tell us about uh, the strong start that they're off to and some of the familiar names who are driving that success. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. As we've been discussing, the Silver Knights and Bakersfield Condors will have a back-to-back this weekend, which means the Condors will be at the Dollar Loan Center this weekend on November 5th. Silver Knights need your help to create the best home ice advantage in the American Hockey League. Head online and grab your seats at hendersonsilvernights.com, hendersonsilvernights.com. Well, while the Silver Knights got back in the win column this past weekend, Well, their ECHL affiliate has known nothing but winning in their first season in the ECHL. The Savannah Ghost Pirates, a perfect 4-0 to get things started. And for some context on both that and himself, we have the voice of the Savannah Ghost Pirates, Mr. Cristiano Simonetta. Cristiano, great to have you on. Appreciate it. Brian, what's going on? Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, I, I loved the uh, the lowdown on what's gone so well for the Ghost Pirates off the start. Most times expansion teams, teams in new markets, teams that start with five straight games on the road, the fifth of which you guys still need to play. Uh, you would understand if there was a little bit of a slow start, but uh, not the case for you guys. You guys have been scoring goals, winning hockey games, uh, and a, a lot of names that are driving that offense are names that Silver Knights fans would recognize from training camp. So why have things gone off on such a rosy foot? Yeah, no, it's fun to try and pinpoint one thing, Brian, especially like you mentioned, an expansion team is one thing. On the road to start, you know, we had a bus trip uh, last week. We were at a flight uh, over the weekend, and these guys just have assimilated very nicely together and blended uh, fruitfully in the locker room right away. And these are players that just met each other for the most part. Obviously, you mentioned there are Henderson ties already uh, for a couple of players on this roster. But when they met each other a couple weeks ago at Market Arena in the Savannah Civic Center where we practiced, it was like they'd been playing together for three to five years. And there's no ego in this locker room. It's really something that I haven't really seen as much in covering hockey for as long as I have already. And it's just been unbelievable to see how these guys have uh, gelled. And the 4-0 start is a good reason for it. By my count, and I could have counted wrong, but I think I'm right, there's, it looks like there's six players right now through four games that are a point per game or better. And that just, again, shows that uh, – Generating offense has not been a problem for the Savannah Ghost Pirates through these first couple of weeks. Uh, as you said, everyone seems to be gelling well together, but whether it be systematically or just offensive talent-wise, is, is uh, has it been a, a deluge of pucks to the net for Savannah pretty much game in, game out? Well, it's funny. Uh, right now, the critique of our game is that we allow the most shots against the first four games, but the positive <laughs> is that we generate the most shots per game in the ECHL. So, the games are certainly exciting. The fans have certainly gotten their money's worth of the first four, with three going past regulation, two uh, ending in overtime, one in a shootout. And, of course, the Savannah Ghost Pirates have come victorious on every single one of those. But 
even for a guy like Pat Gay, who's a 20-year-old kid, had over 100 points in the QMJHL last season, he's come in and become a superstar right in front of our eyes, leading the team in points, uh, a goal per game until the the game on Saturday against Fort Wayne. He had, I think, eight shots on goal. He's a difference maker, and he's one of our youngest guys on our team. And you go up and down that whole roster, there's just depth galore, and I think uh, that's why you've seen the high-flying, sometimes immaturity from our club, but the resiliency, I think, is our biggest uh, benefit so far. We're with the voice of the Ghost Pirates, Cristiano Simonetta. You mentioned Pat Gay, who has it's seven points in four games for him, but what a whirlwind offseason it was for him after a tremendous offensive year last year at Charlottetown. He's drafted this past summer as an older player, but drafted. And then there's VGK rookie camp. Then there's Silver Knights kill, uh, camp and, and uh, uh, preseason hockey. You know, he, it's a very busy, very chaotic couple of months for him that, again, you'd almost understand if he needed a little bit of time to find his footing professionally, but he's picked it up uh, immediately. Is that more talent-driven or, again, you said immaturity of the group. Maybe there's a little more maturity for Pat Gay in, in being a professional player. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, Ghost Pirates head coach uh, Rick Bennett and assistant coach Alex Lowe, they preach. It doesn't matter where you've come from, what you did for me last week, but how do you handle the day-to-day operations? And whether you're a 20-year-old player like Pat or a 29-year-old like Spencer Dorowitz, the expectations are the same, and I think that has really gone to this roster right away. We know what's expected of us. We know how to execute, and now let's just take it day by day and do the first four games. You're seeing contributions from everybody up and down the lineup, whether it's Brandon Estes scoring his first pro goal Saturday or Alex Kwetlikoff breaking off uh, a two-goal effort, including the game winner on Saturday in Fort Wayne. Uh, Nobody's taking shifts off or nights off on this roster because they all know that they're fighting for one another already in this early season. And two overtime wins for the Ghost Pirates as well, so a flair for the dramatic right off the top. How about Daniel D'Amato, who is another interesting player? He, he finished uh, his junior tenure at Erie last season, but you know he's a player that's missed a lot of hockey the last handful of years with uh, the OHL season being shut down due to COVID, uh, an injury he suffered in midget prior to that. I know that for the Silver Knights fans and for management, they've mentioned an excitement for Daniel D'Amato of, hey, we might not know where his ceiling is yet because on his development curve, he's, he's still playing catch-up a little bit. Uh, he, he's a player that it seems like the excitement for Daniel D'Amato may not be just what he is, but what he can be. 100%. And I think when uh, you see number 83 in black and green fly around the ice, he's doing exactly that. He's an energizer bunny. He's great in the locker room, and he's got some great hands. Uh, he hasn't hit the back of the net so far this season, but he sets up players, and he can produce whether it's as a penalty killer or on the power play. And that's definitely a sign for whether you're a Henderson fan, a Vegas fan, or a Savannah fan. If you're able to be thrown in all those type of facets and those roles early on, the development curve, you start to see that player form and round out their game. And that's uh, certainly a guy like Danny and Erie as one of their captains. He doesn't wear a letter here in Savannah, but he certainly is already a leader. We're talking with Cristiano Simonetta, the voice of the Savannah Ghost Pirates. We're off to a 4-0 start to their inaugural ECHL season. Cristiano, uh, you mentioned Rick Bennett, the head coach. He was hired in the offseason to be the first head coach of the Savannah Ghost Pirates. This is a, a coach who's had tremendous success, national championship success at the college level. He did coach pro at the beginning, but it's been a long time since he coached pro. But he seems to have picked up you know, whatever subtle differences there are between the college job of head coach and the ECHL expectations for a head coach. Seems to have picked it up uh, in stride. Yeah, and right when I uh, jumped on the show here, Brian, I talked about the lack of ego, and, and Rick Bennett, that's exactly 
the mantra from him. Uh, he doesn't even want me to list him as the head coach on our line chart before a game. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he is he is an unbelievable character in that locker room. Um, but he also knows how to flip that switch and dial in because he was a player himself. Like you said, he's won a national championship coaching union, which it was a hard place to recruit for Rick. And I know for me, coming out of my USHL ties, union was very hard to recruit for. But Rick Bennett would always get the job done, and, and we're certainly very fortunate to have him. And I know a lot of those teams, whether it's AHL or ECHL, that may have had a chance at Rick, they're certainly shaking their heads now and thinking, how the heck did Savannah get him? It's, it's been a really cool start, and he couldn't be a better person off the ice as well. Now, the most exciting thing for any new team in their inaugural season as the excitement ramps up is you want to play that first home game, that first regular season home game. And with all the success you guys have had, again, a very challenging road trip required of you guys in the first two weeks of the season. Now, you're 4-0, and then Friday night you'll play in Greenville, but then you'll have that first home game at M Market Arena. Uh, how excited is the team for that? But more importantly, I'm sure you're getting a sense of what the, the buzz around Savannah is. Uh, to have pro hockey uh, for the Ghost Pirates, what's what's the uh, the overall environment? Yeah, it's been indescribable, and that may sound like a cliche, Brian, but you know <laughs> our season ticket holders, we've broken ECHL records at merch, group tickets, single game tickets before we even played a home game. I mean, I'm currently right now at the Savannah Civic Center. We have a meet the team event, and there's a line wrapped around the entire building just waiting to meet the team already uh, for the second time this season. Savannah loves their hockey. They've been supporting us on the road, whether it's in Greenville, Atlanta, or Fort Wayne. And our home opener has been sold out for over a month. It's, it's kind of astounding that you think, uh, why hasn't hockey been here sooner? But the way our marketing staff, our front office staff, has uh, done their job so well, and everybody in that locker room is just so excited to hit the tunnel, skate on that end market ice November 5th. So I know I'm certainly selfishly uh, excited for it myself as a broadcaster. Well, it's going to be a thrill. And, Cristiano, again, you're there all the time, so you might have a little better insight on this. Uh, if if the Ghost Pirates are popular in Savannah, they're just as, well, maybe not just as popular, but they're plenty popular outside Savannah across this great nation of ours because the logo and color scheme was an instant hit online. What was the process for coming up with the uh, the brand design for the Savannah Ghost Pirates? I think it's just about having fun, right? Uh, you know, when you see a little ghost and he's got the hockey our mascot's name is Davey. Uh, we have a circular logo that's really cool on our, uh, our white alternate uniforms. I think it's just about mixing the flair of traditionalism with the modernity of, hey, we can be a really fun and exciting hockey team to watch and a, and a product uh, in its logo that it doesn't matter if you're a two-year-old or a 72-year-old, you want to wear it and it looks cool on all our gear. And you go to ghostpiratehockey.com, so much merch still available. We're getting new shipments in every day. And the thing is, Brian, like you mentioned, it's not just Savannah people that are buying. I mean, we have orders going out all across the world. And when our jersey reveal event happened down here in Savannah, there were thousands of people waiting on a Friday night to wait in line at End Market Arena to buy our jerseys for the first time. It really is just something special in this city, and we just hope to keep the momentum going. Well, it's going to be a thrill, and fans can hear Cristiano Simonetta bring all the action from uh, Savannah Ghost Pirates broadcast this season. Our fans are going to get to know you well, Cristiano, but before we let you go, uh, give us a little sense of your journey now that you are a, a professional hockey broadcaster. Yeah, Brian, I've wanted to do this my entire life. I've been really blessed and fortunate to follow this path really ever since I, I was really young, and uh, I was working at The Athletic right out of college as a writer and on radio covering the Blues and the Blackhawks. I'm from Chicago, but I'm a Blues fan. More on that maybe for a different time. Uh, but I, I've been broadcasting uh, since I was 18 in undergrad and college. was in the USHL for a couple bit in Lincoln, Nebraska with the Lincoln Stars, Cameron Whitehead, 
Brooks is going to be an outstanding prospect. He already is for the Vegas Golden Knights drafted uh, in July in Montreal, but uh, he's finishing up his last year in the USHL, so I worked with him quite a bit. Um, but it's just been a dream come true for me to, to land in Savannah. I've wanted to be with this team for a long time, and I'm very fortunate to where I am right now. Well, we're happy to have you in the VGK organization, Cristiano. We'll be checking in with you throughout the season for updates from Savannah. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, Ryan. This was a lot of fun. That is Cristiano Simonetta of the ECHL Savannah Ghost Pirates. Their home opener is on Saturday the 5th, but they are 4-0 to start the year. We'll be checking in with Cristiano throughout the season. That will do it for us this afternoon on HSK Today. Thank you to Cristiano Simonetta, and thank you to Zach Hayes for helping us fill the hour on this Wednesday afternoon. We will be on the air Friday and Saturday. Friday from Bakersfield, Saturday from the DLC. Both games, Silver Knights and Bakersfield Condors, ready to bring you all the action. This has been HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you. Have a great week, everybody. You're listening to 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. <laughs>